Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The only place to read your emails and your tweets. It's Wednesday, June 30th. Still, this is another No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. What's up, everybody? I'm J.E. Skeets coming at you with the homie Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. Got the Top Shot Hot Boy talking to little pianos before the show. Trey Kirby. hey Hey. The international man of mystery. Always taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally making the magic happen. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Some of you for the second time today. We love to see it. Please smash that like button. And if you haven't, subscribe to No Dogs on YouTube. And oh yeah, leave a comment below the video. Help us defeat the algorithm. Keep your NBA and your non-NBA questions coming all week long. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc. Also, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below. Um, yeah, you got a piano now in your possession, TK. You got a new house, and with it comes a piano. Is that what happens? That's exactly right. Nobody wants to move a piano, but everybody wants to have a piano. So um, I guess you just leave it behind because for us, uh, it was down in the basement, and that would be the worst place you would have to get a piano from. So yeah, uh, they left their piano behind. I got a new piano, and then you guys made me immediately feel like an idiot by saying, what kind of piano? (laughs) To which my response was, wooden. Wood. It's a wooden one. It's yeah. a wooden one, and it stands up straight against the wall, as JD mentioned. Probably called an upright piano. So, whenever Pickin' and Ticklin' wants to put on a performance, come on by! <laughs> Tickle the keys. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can get Sir Foster over there. A, little, <laughs> a lesson or two. To, to tickle the ivory. Uh, all right. I moved, uh, I moved uh, my piano five times in the last eight years. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Wow. Now, now you are not moving it. You are paying movers oh, to do it, uh, I hope. I did not touch it at all. Okay. <laughs> now, are you, uh, is that an extra little tip there? That's got to be a oh, bonus yeah. tip. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do you ever? You should have recorded their faces every time they came into your house and saw the <laughs> piano. I did. I have a picture of the, the first time we lived in a second floor walk up, and there were there carrying four guys carrying it up. And I have never heard such a uh, a stream of curse words coming from four grown men. It was it was awesome. Yeah. But now the the subsequent four times, I literally went and hid in oh, shame, yeah, really, yeah. just because. Because <laughs> they're gonna take one look at you too. This guy's never f-ing playing this thing. He played it once. That's it. He was drunk. He thought he'd sit sit down and like you know noodle a little bit, and that's it. We're moving this around. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, good idea. Uh, well, I can't wait for uh, TK to master the piano. You'll have to do a performance here. But let's get to the questions. We got another great batch here, Tass. Yeah, very solid batch. Here we go. Hey, No Dunkers. My friend and I were talking about Chris Paul and his impact when my friend brought up a crazy CP3 stat. He's been on the all-defensive team nine times. Seven first teams, two second teams for you sickos <laughs> that care about that kind of thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I knew he was a solid defender, but it had slipped my mind that he was voted even once to an all-defense team, let alone nine times, including seven straight. What's one stat that seems crazy to you? Thanks for all the laughs and good times. I've been watching you guys since the starters days, and you've made many a long car trip feel shorter and more enjoyable. Keep up the great work. That's from Luke in Newcastle, Indiana. So, Trey, a crazy stat for you. Newcastle, Indiana. Maybe not the most famous Newcastle. On planet Earth. A weird stat to me. I find it hilarious that Charles Barkley is literally the worst high-volume three-point shooter of all time. If you look at any players in NBA history that have taken 1,000 or more attempts, Sir Charles comes in dead last. 26.6% on 2,020 attempts. It's just very strange that Charles Barkley, an all-time great player... An all-time great broadcaster happens to still be on the air during the three-point revolution when (laughs) three-pointers become the most important shot in basketball. And Steph Curry really revolutionizes the game to the point where you should be taking more threes uh, if you're a good shooter. And sometimes you should be taking more threes even if you're a poor shooter. It's just very strange that of all the people to end up as the voice of the NBA during this era... It's the guy who shot three-pointers the absolute worst. We've got a couple of guys who could join him right down there uh, at the bottom at the end of their careers. Two current players are in the bottom 10 per- are in the bottom 10 uh, percentage-wise with a thousand plus attempts. Wow. You want to take a guess at who they are? Oh, that's good. So a thousand attempts. And at least a basically... thousand attempts. Oh. The, these guys are both uh, both all stars, both high-profile players. Um, I would say one guaranteed Hall of Famer and wow. one guy, Hall of Very Good Guy, I would say. Probably a big guy. Uh, oh, wow, that is a good question. Westbrook is too good for this stat. He's too uh, high, right? Westbrook is close. I think he's like maybe mm. number 11 or something mm. like that, but it's not Westbrook, though this might give away the hints a little too much. One of these guys has an MVP under his belt. In fact, he has Giannis? more than Der- one. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Giannis, Giannis oh, yeah. Antetokounmpo, yeah. currently number five from the bottom, 28.7%. But I think he shot over 30% the last two seasons, mm-hmm. uh, in each of the last two seasons. So maybe he's able to uh, yeah. get out of the bottom 10 by the end of his career. But, I mean, if Giannis uh, somehow ends up as the worst high-volume three-point shooter, 
He will replace Charles Barkley as the weird guy for it to be dominating during the three-point era, despite the fact that he's not really making them. Who's the other guy? Um, huh. a, f- a fella near and dear to your hearts, uh, Skizaruski and Tassington. DeRozan. That's uh, right. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, 28.1%. Wow. He is yeah. the second worst high volume of three-point shooter in NBA history. So, wow. uh, a couple of weird ones there, especially in Giannis. I mean, Giannis, we know because, you know, we've kind of been watching him try to learn the three-pointer for his whole career. Charles Barkley, though, it's very funny that he's the guy who, like, we go to to hear what he has to say about the three-point shooting revolution in the NBA. And, well, he took a lot of them. He knows yeah. about taking three-pointers. Did you yeah, say 2,000 career attempts from 2020, three? I think. Wow, like, that sounds, yeah. sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. This sounds yeah. like a lot of attempts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like 150 attempts over... Wow. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> doing the math right now, right here on the podcast. Just All right, he averaged... That's weird to look at it. He only averaged 1.8 attempts per game for his career. Long career, though, obviously. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay, great. That's a great one to get us started. Uh, I'll piggyback off of that because, you know, you're talking about one of the worst three-point shooters ever. I'm talking about a much better three-point shooter, but it's actually the four-point play. I love the stat that Jamal Crawford is the league's career leader in regular season four-point plays with 55 of them. 60 if you include the postseason, and you want to take a wild guess at who's second? If we just look at the regular season, all-time four-point plays, he will be going to the Hall of Fame. He's an MVP. Any guesses? James Harden. That's right, James Harden coming in second, but a good still, you know, basically 20 behind Jamal Crawford, uh, which is amazing. And doing that research, I also learned James Jones completed two (laughs) four-point plays in the span of 11 seconds in a game once. Wow. Will that ever be beat? I don't know. That seems pretty crazy <laughs> to me. I think it was like 2009, I want to say. Two four-point plays in 11 seconds. That's wow. wild. Yeah. So those are my uh, crazy stats. I would, I would add, I'd add one more, a team stat that's still just like, I don't believe it's true, and I have to go check basketball reference every once in a while to confirm it. That the Wizards have never won 50 games seems yeah, so yeah. stupid to me. Washington, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Than, yeah, Washington. That's <laughs> pretty stupid. Like, and I was thinking about it like, the Raptors, a team that obviously was not good for a long time, they've won over 50 games, like, outside of this, uh, you know, shit year down there in Tampa. Like, the five consecutive seasons prior to that, they won over 50. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors and, like, the Wizards, like, a, a team that's been around for a long time, has never done it, Lee. So that's, uh, that's another crazy one to me. There, there's an individual and a team crazy stat for me. I'll jump in with uh, Reggie Jackson, the current one. He's 31 years old, so when he got released by the Pistons last season, he got released, he thought I'd be a bit player on somebody's team, and then he showed up on the Clippers, averaged 10 points per game this season. Okay, it's probably what you expect. Skyrockets to 18 points per game this postseason, and he's hit three threes in 15 games this year, uh, this postseason, at least three threes. The only players with more such games in a single postseason are Steph and Clay. Scorching. That's wild. Scorching. He's played in 18 games this playoffs. It's kind of like he's hit three threes in 15 of 17 of those games because he came off the bench to start the playoffs. And uh, he had a, you know, a poor game to start. But then he had a good game the second game coming off the bench. And he started every game since. And he gets one bad game a series where he doesn't hit those three threes. First game against the Mavs, game four against Utah, game four against Phoenix. And I bring that up because I just assume that he's going to stay hot here. He's going to stay scorching hot into game six. 
uh, and uh, you know it kind of helps sticking with Clay and Steph in the stat department because he's had three long series. Uh, but I wonder if, 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 if you know the Clippers can come back here. Who knows? Maybe he can surpass Steph and Clay in round number four for the most <laughs> three-point. I don't know, three three-point shots. That's very difficult to say. But anyways, <laughs> uh, he's made three threes in 15 games. That's, that's, that's nuts. It is nuts to be uh, in your 30s, you know, turning into a different player. So mm-hmm. good for him. What do you got, Lee? Well, I'm sticking with the three-point theme, uh, and I'm going still back. This one's a bit of a crazy one, the highest-scoring game ever in, regu- in uh, regular season history. It wasn't in regulation. It went to uh, three overtimes. was the Pistons and the Nuggets. And they went a combined two for four from downtown in a 186-184 game. <laughs> right. Two for four. Now, again, I know this was a long time ago, but you would think at some point someone's like, all right, I'm just firing away here because uh, let's just let's just end this game. But they, they weren't able to do that. So uh, I think it's still crazy that that is the highest scoring game, especially with the way, um, you know, games uh, are played these days as well with everyone, you know, shooting threes. And, and in fact... Do you remember the most recent, the third highest scoring game ever happened fairly recently, less than, or just over two years ago. I don't know if you remember. It was a four Trey, overtime game? Yeah, it was the Bulls down here against the Hawks. Went to four overtimes, right? They scored 168 to 161. Okay. And they're still 51 points short, uh, I believe that's right, of the, uh, of the Nuggets and the Pistons score there back from 1983. So, uh, no, is that right? 2341, sorry, not 51. Yeah. Um, four overtimes. Early on this show. <laughs> four <laughs> overtimes, though, in the current game, the way we play. And they were still so far back from, from that game from uh, 1983. Like, I'm shocked we haven't had a 200 point game in the NBA at some point uh, combined. No, we did. Um, Didn't we have it in the All-Star game or it got real close? Uh, got <laughs> yeah, I don't even think they could get to 200. No, Didn't they get to yeah, like 190? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Will a 200-point will a game happen? A regulation 200-point game? That's tough. 50 per quarter? Uh, I, mean, I say no, and I know you'd be like, why? They shoot a million threes, but... The big difference between that game that you said, the, the all-time game, is like they didn't play any defense. And yeah. actually teams yeah. do try and play defense uh, in today's game. So that's a, that's a big part of the equation. So I'll say no. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe 200 points, yeah. 103 pointers in a game at one point. Oh, some crazy stats there to start. Man, I hope Schumann's in the stream team. <laughs> Uh, loving that uh, segment there, or that question. Good stuff. And I just wanted to confirm, yeah, it's the Washington Wizards that have never won 50. Mm. They did do it as the Bullets. I mean, they, they won 60, I think, as the Bullets way back when and, and won a title and stuff like that. But as the Wizards, and they've been the Wizards since what? Like 96, 97? The Wizards? Oh. They've been the Wizards no. since 98, 99. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah, yeah. So less so. than the Raptors have even been around. Yeah, you're, Lee, we're talking, they were the Bullets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And then they were, before that, they were in, uh, where were they? Baltimore? Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a lot of the Wizards bullets there to start the show. But we got a next question here. Hey, no Dunkaroos. Phoenix copped a bit of heat for choosing DeAndre Ayton at number one over Luka and Trey, though not as much as the Kings with Marvin Bagley III, but still. We've seen Luka and Trey become absolute beasts on the court. The Suns' reason for choosing Ayton was that he was a better fit for the team. If, and I stress if here, Phoenix goes ahead and wins the whole damn thing, does that mean they drafted correctly in 2018 or should you always just get the best player available? That question is from Hayden. What do you think, Tess? Hayden, I, I love the ingenuity, but no, sir, don't play recency <laughs> bias, uh, with, especially with the top picks. Especially at the top, you pick the best player. 
And then you start thinking, well, it could have been Luca or Trey alongside Devin Booker. Maybe we don't have a big man. Would they get Chris Paul in that light? Doesn't matter. We can play what ifs forever. Uh, but uh, no, no, absolutely not. You pick the best player. You never know uh, what's going to happen with the rest of your roster. But uh, yeah, I think that's just uh, that's playing a little recency bias. And it, it's looking back and, and, you know, DeAndre Ayton's a fantastic player. And he showed, I think... Not only has he become a great defensive player, but his offensive skill set has grown so much. Uh, still, um, it, it, so many teams have screwed up looking or looking at you know the best fit for them. I think you can look at that maybe later in the draft, maybe later in the draft in the twenties or so, the second round. You look at a three and D player that you desperately need or an athletic big because you know that the gap between that player and somebody else you draft isn't going to be that big, likely not to be that big. But even still, in, in today's day and age. Now in the 20s, like, uh, for example, I don't know, Pascal Siakam, he was drafted in the 20s, 27. Uh, you know, you, you still should just take the guy you think is going to be the best player no matter what. You don't want to screw up. You don't want a Darko Milicic, Carmelo Anthony situation. Just take the best freaking guy and then figure out the roster. Especially now, like, it's positionless basketball. I know Aiton's a big, uh, but, like, every, every guy can almost play every spot, um, you know. So, nah. I don't know. Do you guys believe in that? Well, Do you guys think... I mean, the way Hayden makes the question is like, if they win the title and Aiton is an instrumental part of that, it's not like the Phoenix Suns are going to be upset that they took Aiton at number one. And we're like, oh, damn, we just won the title. Wish we had Luka. I wish we had Trey. I mean, they're, of course, not going to do that. So in that sense, like everybody's happy, I would would guess. I I, I also I understand what you're saying. Maybe the Mavs are upset because they didn't take DeAndre Aiton instead of (laughs) Luka. Right. Maybe they win the title with him. Yeah. What Uh, if the Hawks win the title? Are the mm. Suns going to be upset that they didn't draft Trey Young number one? That would have been a huge surprise. But Skeets, I think you're exactly right. This is going to be a 1984 draft all over again um, if the Suns do win the championship. And that makes DeAndre Aiton, Hakeem Olajuwon. The Rockets were never upset that they didn't take Michael Jordan. You would rather have Michael Jordan than Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon, but it can still work out the best for everybody involved. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Lee? Anything to add? Yeah. I mean, you can go back and there's always cases, of course, of like that, where it's like, uh, did you would you would not take Darko number two, of course. And Hashim Thabit's another example. You wouldn't take him number two. So it's easy to look back and say, oh, yes, we've done, we've done it right. But Luca was still like, is still the best player in that draft. And I think if you're going to redraft it, you would still take him number one because he's the best talent. But if the Suns win the championship, who cares? They've got the yeah. championship. That's yeah. all that counts. So, you know, there's arguments for both sides of it, but I would always go into the draft and say, it doesn't matter to me if we're overlapping on positions. If the best talent is available, take that and then figure it out from there and trade one of them or move on. Or maybe it works out. Who knows? But you don't want to be that team that left some super talent on the table uh, just because you already had a player in that position. I remember Carlos Boozer and Ricky Davis weren't all that high on LeBron James in Cleveland. They thought, uh, <laughs> we've already got a lot of guys who can kind of do what he does. But uh, fortunately, the Cavs, <laughs> the Cavs decided, uh, you know what, we'll take LeBron anyway and figure the rest of it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun thought experiment. It's a great question, though, Hayden. Uh, I appreciate you sending that in. Um, yeah, uh, it's always tough, though, like, if you have a star guard, I mean, if you believe Devin Booker was going to be your star player at the guard position, and then you have the choice between obviously a very talented wing or guard player and then a very talented uh, big guy, you know, it's a little bit like the Ibaka Harden situation, right? With OKC, it's like they can only keep one, let's say. Now, I know there you could probably cook the books and you could keep both of them. But if you only had to pick one, they're like, well, we got a lot of guys that can shoot the ball and score. We got Westbrook, we got KD. I mean, maybe we go with the big and Ibaka and like 
They should have kept Harden. I know. They should have done. But you can understand. <laughs> you can understand how you get to that. That I don't think you really can because we no? just watched. I mean, the Warriors were a dynasty team, and they won with two great backcourt players. Uh, yep. Dwayne Wade and LeBron were the basis of the Heat championship teams. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry were the next version of the Warriors. Two perimeter players seems to be the recipe right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't want to <laughs> stand up for OKC's decision. Harden definitely wasn't that player at that point uh, that he's become, like an MVP and all that. So they're like banking on like, or they're trying to decide like, well, who's going to be the better player? And if they're, if we consider them equal, then let's go with the big because we got guards. But yeah, he turned out to be uh, one of the greatest offensive players I've ever seen. So they would, they would like to have him on the team. I'm sure I would have liked to keep him over Ibaka. Though, Serge Ibaka, great player. NBA champion. Great player. Uh, <laughs> so I heard Bill Simmons say, he thinks Ibaka is going to go into the Hall of Fame. I was like, whoa. And he's like, well, think about it. He's an international guy. And these guys like get a little bumped that way. I was like, eh. I was like, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that one, Tass. Ibaka, Hall of Famer? I know we do this with a lot of guys, but he does not scream that to me right now. Does Simmons got a point, though? He's like, so? You'll look back. You'll have, uh, obviously, a... A decent run with Spain and what he's done in the NBA has a title. Has will have some decent, uh, you know, accumulated numbers. What do you think? Uh, I say no. Yeah, uh, you can't just put every guy just because he's got a, a different flag beside his name into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, uh, and did he really have a great run with Spain when I mean, he's a backup player? No, he he didn't. He didn't make uh, much of a uh, many waves there. I mean, I yeah, I love him. I adore him as a as a supporting player, but. Not yeah, no, it's, it was fun. It was fun saying Serge Ibaka for a long time. And it would be great if he was on the floor uh, right now with the Clippers. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess the Suns would rather have Serge Ibaka than Chris Paul. I don't know. I mean, he could just do this forever. And, like, they have Chris Paul now. Isn't 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 uh, Luka Doncic a ball handler? Isn't Chris Paul dominating the ball there? Like, mm. you get ball handlers because they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But... Look, again, they win the title this year with Aiton as their big guy. <laughs> They're going to be like, right. awesome. We nailed it. We got him. Who cares? We got a championship. How many you got, Luca and Trey? Oh, none? Oh, okay, we're winning right now. But, yeah. A fun question, Hayden. Gets us going. Gets a mind thinking about different things. Different what-ifs. The butterfly effect, Trey Kirby. What if that piano's never there in that house? <laughs> you would never go on to become a world pianist. It would be amazing. Uh, all right, we got lots more questions to get to here. But let's take our, our first break here. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Tess, before we get to the next question here, I did look up a Baca's uh, old basketball reference page. You know, to see the accolades. Does Simmons have a case here? You know, he's got the international angle, but does he have the NBA accolades? I don't think so. Yeah. He's got the title. Three-time All-Defensive Player. That's it. <laughs> he's, yeah, a block yeah, he's a block champion. He's a block champion. his career averages like? Yeah, it's not as high as I even thought. 10 and it's 7? A, it's 11 and, and almost 7 if you want to round up. Mm. Call it 11, 7. Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I was looking at this year. 12, 7, and let's call it 1 career. Uh, he yeah. hasn't played 1,000 games. He's, uh, I don't even, I, maybe he's over 10,000 points. I bet he's close. Yeah, he's just over 10,000 points. It, that, it's not going to be enough because he doesn't have many years probably left in him, so... Hall of very good for Serge Ibaka. 
Three-time all-defensive team. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not. That's fine. That's about it. Yeah, that's it. Block Two. champ. Do you count the block champ as an accolade? Nah. No, nah, I mean, yeah. no. Cool, but nah. no. Cool. No, I agree. Know, I, I actually, I don't know. I guess maybe I had thought he had made one all-star game like uh, as an injury close, replacement. Yeah. yeah, but doesn't even have that under his belt. Okay. Anyway. Holla very cool as well. Very oh, cool, ball. yeah. 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 I mean, Bring he is like every game rocking on the, the bucket hats right now. He looks, yeah, he looks cool as shit. Yeah, he right must have stocked up on bucket hats yeah. before the playoffs started because it feels like he's had a different bucket hat for yeah. every single game. He just decided, I'm going for a cool guy Inspector Gadget look for the entirety of the playoffs, and it's working for him. Like Tass is saying, maybe the Hall of Very Good is fine for Serge Ibaka, but the Hall of Very Cool, I think, is kind of where he belongs even more. He has an underrated dunk contest appearance. Like, he dunked from the free throw line as an almost seven-footer. That's pretty impressive. He did that weird one where he jumped, took the thing off the rim with his teeth, and then dunked it. Only he botched it the first time, so it wasn't as exciting. He had the OG Ananobi uh, clip with the scarves, you know, the whole walking in stuff. He's done a lot of stuff around the NBA besides mm-hmm. his basketball playing that is very cool. So I got him yeah. in that hall, no doubt. Okay, good. Yeah, he's a chef. Serge a bucket hat. <laughs> why don't, why don't we get, so let's get, get that nickname okay. from Basketball like Reference. That. All right, next one. Hi, guys. Long-time listener since the Jones days. Thank you for listening. Been watching you guys on YouTube recently and been wondering why Lee looked so familiar. Is he actually former Finnish hockey player Teppo Newmanen in disguise? <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't look like him. Uh, Are you yeah. Teppo Newmanen? I thought that was Steve Coolius at first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Canadian That's broadcaster Steve Coolius. Yeah, yeah I, I can see, see that yeah. for sure. Uh, Teppo Newman, if you're watching on YouTube here, what a, what a name. Former hockey player, yeah. former Finnish hockey player, played with the Jets, got around the Coyotes. Anyways, um, it's not really an identical match for Lee. No, but I, I, not I could, really. Yeah. May, yeah. Maybe put some glasses on him. I'd love to see Newman in wearing some glasses, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't see it. I, nah, I think, I mean, it was a bit of a force to, to form a question here from this Finnish viewer. I get it. I get it. Nice to see Lee, a.k.a. Teppo, enjoying a new <laughs> career. Which leads me to my question. Which player would benefit from a change of scenery this summer? Cheers. That's from Antti. Another great name. Teppo yeah. is a great name. Mm. Antti. Another great finish name. So, Lee, a guy needs a change of scenery. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit on this one. I'm choose one of my uh, star guys. It's Bradley Beal. I'd like him to move on. Uh, I just think he would uh, benefit. He just turned 28 the other day, and I think he's kind of uh, wasting away in Washington because uh, they ain't close to a championship. And uh, he was uh, All-NBA this year. He was an All-Star. Uh, he nearly led the league in scoring, but he's he's a star player just being not utilized as best he could in Washington or not in a situation where he could actually have some postseason success. And uh, I would like him to just say, you know what, I, I've done my time. I've put in here. I've tried hard because he's no question he's battled. Uh, but the organization hasn't put a team around him that has been able to, you know, really get close to competing. And I just don't really trust that they can do that. And so I don't want Beal to be sort of like 32 or 33 and then decide, okay, now I'm going to sort of hitch myself to another team where he's, uh, you know, not one of the dominant players. He's more kind of, uh, you know, riding some coattails there. So I'd like him to find a new team. I'd like him to be in, a, in on a situation where it's like, man, he, he actually now we're seeing him in the playoffs having some success 
and uh, potentially, you know, competing for a championship. Because I just, I, I mean, Washington had a sort of crazy finish to the season here, you know, but that was like more just fun. No one really thought they could do anything other than uh, at best get out of the first round. But even that was a stretch. And uh, you have to wonder where they're going from here. I mean, Westbrook, again, finished the season well, but uh, that's not really the future there. I think they... You're uh, saying they... finish a lot. Are you, Teppo? <laughs> <laughs> Teppo, no. Okay, Who would you be? You'd now be, uh, I see that more as a Teppo boy. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just because I've got the hair f- slicked back these days. Maybe that's what yeah, he's you got uh, a hockey referring vibe to. But... Right take, off your, <laughs> take off your glasses. This might help, actually. <laughs> hey, man, take off your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was you, man. You always got busted. I did get busted. <laughs> Little Beverly Hills Cop 2 for anyone <laughs> nice. out there watching. Uh, you look yeah. exactly like Teppo Newman in Newman <laughs> 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 Yeah. So anyway. I, I you like, more now, though. Yeah. You're like this, Lee. You love you, too. Oh, Newman yeah. looks like Bono. Oh, the locks. Yeah. Oh, Bono. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Teppo with his hockey hair looks like Lee with his hockey hair. I can yeah. got to admit that. That's... That's where it's coming from, definitely. The head yeah. there. He, uh, he looks like a predator. Is that right there, Tassie? A... Oh, no, that's a saber, isn't it? He's Possibly. a sabra. Yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. he any good, Tepo? I, I thought you literally meant I he looked so. like a predator, like stalking, like, I don't know, young <laughs> Nashville kids or something. Predator. Like, that's Nashville, weird, man. Yeah. That's like, we're saying you look like him. Yeah, uh, you had the wrong, wrong Timu there, Lee. Ah, uh, uh, Timu Solani. <laughs> yeah, both fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. God, they've got some cool names of fans, actually, don't they? Yeah. 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 Never heard a bad one. No, I think uh. about it. Uh, uh, I, when you Tuka said Rask. low-hanging, I don't like Tuka Rask. Oh, okay, does he finish? I don't know. Uh, anyway. You said low-hanging fruit. I thought you were going to take uh, your countryman. Ben Simmons needs a change of scenery. We don't need to go long on this. My God, get him out of Philadelphia. Put mm. him on any other team, and we've had a trade proposal from every team, so we can make it happen. Um, let's. He just needs to get out of there. He, I, I, we, we've we've moved on from the Embiid and him experiment, sort of as the as the two stars or all stars and stuff like that. Let's let's get him anywhere else. I'd be excited to see him wherever it is, like be it Minnesota, be it Portland, be it wherever. But that's my answer, Trey. Yeah, I think uh, Ben Simmons and C.J. McCollum is a guy that I think is kind of in the same thing here, but. For me, C.J. McCollum is almost where Ben Simmons was prior to this NBA season where, I mean, we don't know if if the Trailblazers are going to run it back with Dame and C.J., but if they do, it's not going to be Dame who takes the downfall for the Portland Trailblazers. You know, C.J. McCollum had a great start to the season. He got injured, but despite the fact that he has been an all-star caliber player, He's never been an all-star next to Damian Lillard. And eventually people are just going to start saying, hey, the Blazers didn't put enough around Damian Lillard, despite the fact that everybody like CJ McCollum thinks he could be an all-star and probably would be uh, in the Eastern Conference. So I kind of want to see CJ get traded before uh, people start coming at him as the <laughs> scapegoat for the Trailblazers problems. And, you know, keeping it finished here, somebody should take a chance on Lowry marketing. He's going to have a long career in the NBA, but... It's not going to be with the Bulls, I don't think. That being said, he shot 40% from three last year. Sometimes he looks like a Porzingis Jr. out there where he's going to be a seven-foot-tall shooting guard, but that's a valuable thing to have if you didn't necessarily draft him seven and he's the big return uh, when you trade Jimmy Butler. That's a good one. Who do you got, Tess? Good ones there. Uh, I went deep to a guy that we haven't seen in a long time, Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings. It's time to move on. I think for two reasons. First... You got to start Tyrese Halliburton at some point. And yeah, you can say, hey, we'll start De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Heald. 
I guess, uh, but I, th I, I don't think you want to do that, number one. Number two, uh, Buddy Hield, I think it's, it's just run out of time there in Sacramento. I mean, it's just, it's it's done. I think he would be best in a, in a winning program. We saw him go to the bench two seasons ago for a chunk of games because he wasn't playing hard enough. I think uh, a guy who is a great three-point shooter, shooting over 10 threes a game this past season. He's a perfect modern-day player, shooting over 40% for his career. I think he would just he'd just get the most out of him, playing around good players. I think mm -hmm. they would bring the most out of him. And you guys talked about age. and uh, Buddy is 28, and I think that includes a year uh, that he acquired when yeah. he was with in, at Oklahoma. Uh, that's, that's, he's been around for a while. It's five seasons now. Uh, you know, he, was, he played at Oklahoma for a long time. Um, an additional year there because he got old. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's time to move on, especially because you want to play Halliburton. I don't think you want to play all those three guys together. And Buddy's, Buddy's too good to just be hanging out. I think he'll just get peeved if he's there another year or two, and he just won't get the most out of himself. So he could be a great player on a, on a, on a good team, but uh, not a great player on a bad team. No. Um, fun question, though. So let's hear your answers, guys, in the stream team and leave them in the YouTube comments below. Which player would benefit from a change of scenery this summer? Our next question from Monty in Minnesota. What up, no runners? I enjoyed the discussion on this past Friday's drop about one of the classic Olympic events everyone needs to catch. Race walk. <laughs> As it so happens, my buddy and former college track and field teammate will be competing in the illustrious 20K race walk at the U.S. Olympic Trials here on Saturday morning, or past Saturday by the time you guys read this. Anyway, I've always thought it's funny that the most successful athlete I am friends with happens to compete in one of the funniest and most random sports. That's so true. So I'd like to know, which people in your lives are super impressive at what they do, but the thing they do is just kind of odd? Lace them up, swing those thighs, walk them. Uh, that's from Monty, Minnesota. I hope that's like the race walk motto that they say before every race. Lace them up, swing those thighs, walk them. Uh, fun question, though, Trey. Does anyone come to mind? Well, first of all, I would like to turn a question back towards Monty. He mentions uh, that his buddy was a former college track and field teammate. I'm yeah. assuming that this buddy who is now going to be in uh, the race walking Olympics events was a race walker um, back in college. Maybe. But I'd be curious to know if race walkers are also good runners. Like, does that translate at all? I mean, obviously, right. the runners are going to be specialized. The best runners are going to be there. But if you're a college runner, does that automatically make you a, an Olympic quality race walker? <laughs> Monty, let us know. I mean, Very stamina curious. is a huge part for sure. And the mental, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe you don't run fast enough for the Olympics, but you're still fast enough to be a college runner. Is that Olympic right. speed walking? Right. I don't know. Let us know, Monty. Um, oh, so you're saying, do you think that the people that come race walking champions, let's say, or the elite, were like good but not great runners? And they were like, well, ugh, I'm not going to make it in running uh, this distance, but hey. Let's try walking and maybe yeah, sure. That's yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you know, like maybe maybe you're you're not a starting pitcher in baseball, but you're an excellent relief pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so Monty, let me know. I got some questions about race walking and uh, the body types needed for it. As for answering this question, my sister, she's really smart. She's very successful in her professional life. A director of global recruitment at a major English 
second language school. I should probably take a course. (laughs) (laughs) That, though, is not odd or surprising. She went to school for education and foreign language. She should be doing something like that. But apparently she's also a straight-up baller in the British royal family lookalike trade. She's building an empire with replicates and mirror megs. It was one Instagram, then it was a second Instagram, then it was an online store, then it was a brick and mortar store. Suddenly she's making Princess Diana sweatshirts. My dad cares about the royal family now. We almost had a crossover this week, me and Mackenzie, because she saw... Uh, a notification come up on her podcast feed about <laughs> Middleton's breakout game. <laughs> she said, Trey, is this podcast episode about Kate Middleton? If so, I'm listening. Uh, unfortunately for her, this one was about Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah. From Chris to Kate, the Middletons were dominating the Kirbys uh, this week. But uh, we should honestly ask my sister to do something for the NBA, like low-cost tunnel fits. That's what she does. She goes to a thrift store, and she finds things that, like, you know, Kate Middleton would be wearing to Wimbledon or something like that. Obviously, Kate Middleton is spending $15,000 on her skirt. Kenzie's finding one for $15 that looks the exact same. You can replicate it yourself. Wow. Let's do that with Serge Ibaka. Yeah, bucket hats. Show me the $10 version of his Gucci bucket hat. Show me the cool version of his trench coat that I can go across to Ragarama and pick up. Great idea. There's a market. Yeah, for sure. There's something there. I love it. Uh, Yeah, I've always, you know, I think I follow Mackenzie or at least on Facebook. And I I remember over like the last couple of years just started seeing so many things about the royal family. I know. I was like, what's going on here? My mom is like one of those diehard like royal family fans. Like those people are they're so into it. <laughs> my mom included. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah She's exactly. old school. My though, mom, yeah. My, yeah. yeah. My mom was old school into yeah. it, too. I didn't know my sister was into it at all, but obviously she is. I've been following her on Instagram, but it was very weird. Like the last time I was with my dad and my sister at the same time, hearing how much my dad knows about the royal family. I'm like, come on, man. Wow. It was weird enough for me when you suddenly started liking hockey in your late 50s. But now you're getting into the royal family in your 60s. What's going on, Steve? Wow. Uh, that's that's fantastic answer. Going family with this. Uh, you know, I, I hear family is important when it comes to Fast and Furious. So he's already uh, starting that up. Uh, right. Lee, do you, do you have an answer for this? I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. My, mine's the complete opposite taste and tone. Uh, one, of my old, one of my old friends, Tomo, I think I've told you about him before. <laughs> he's really good at being really disgusting. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's really good at vomiting just on uh, in really funny situations when he's been drinking. He used to do this back in the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Classic Tomo. Classic Tomo. Like he used to just drink. Like he, he's, he's one of those guys who can drink and just like, pour it down his throat yeah. you know yeah. like yep. some people can do that i can't do that it's, no. a, it's a skill but he's really gross at doing that and then just like <laughs> he did it one time it's one so time gross. he drank this vodka and orange and then just vomited it all straight back up and put it back on the on the yeah. uh on, but hold on, on the he's, not, he's not trying to do it right like he's accidentally yeah, like, puking it's sort like, of it's sort from... of he just yeah he has trouble keeping it down but there's been a few other instances <laughs> one night um one night a uh this, he was sort of getting into a fight with this guy and they sort of started scuffling and he grabbed him around the throat <laughs> <laughs> projectile vomited on this guy it was a, it was a pretty good defense mechanism the guy's like oh god get out that's disgusting <laughs> and then there was another time where a bouncer was throwing him out of a nightclub and he was grabbing him and he sort of grabbed him by the back of the neck and he <laughs> just puked everywhere 
And that's the thing. But as soon as you puke, everyone's like, oh, get, get out of here. I don't want anything to do with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well, it was those hilarious. Were two definitely different types of answers. No. Wow. You replicated you it, man. <laughs> you say you call him Tomo though, not Vamo. Mm. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good <laughs> You've never thought of that, Lee? Oh, that's so good. Oh, there's a few more in the uh, chamber, but there I'll, I'll leave those ones out. I think I've covered enough. Oh, you, you let, can, the, you let can... those slosh around a little bit before we uh, share those. <laughs> You guys, uh, have you seen these uh, these pitchers vomiting on the mound? It's happened twice yeah. this month, like two pitchers because it's so hot outside, yeah. and you know they're uh, they're getting overwhelmed and dehydrated. Yeah. Uh, one just happened, and they're just like just barfing all all over the mound, like in between pitches. Uh, there's a great breakdown on John Boy's uh, uh, channel right now. Kevin Durant is sitting like right behind the umpire. Watching a pitcher from the Reds just puke his guts out. Oh, man. <laughs> KD plays it pretty cool, to be quite honest. He's just like, mmm, all right. Saw that at a Hawks game once. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I hated the headlines <laughs> of watch Kevin Durant. Watch his reaction to the pitcher puking. He doesn't do anything. No, no he's like, well, I'm <laughs> telling you to watch nice. it. His reaction is nothing. I guess that's the... Uh... No, the puke was good. I mean, Kevin Durant's taking in baseball games. He went to, uh, to City Field and he went to Yankee Stadium. Just, uh, just taking it all yeah. in. Yeah. No, that puke did not compare at all to that lady at the Hawks game oh, that God. we used to show on our show over and over and over again. That was the baseball one was just I thought I thought he held it in pretty well. There's no, there's no Tombo. He just he just dropped it. No. Yeah. <laughs> dropped it. Got out of the way. I guess he was respectful to the game. To the history of baseball, because he got off the mound. No puke on yeah, the mound. That's right. Just, oh, that's, that's right. nice. Just I mean, on the if grass. It, like of all the sports to puke, baseball, you got a lot of room, you got a lot yeah. of grass. I mean, outdoor, like it's yeah. a hell of a lot better than basketball. Definitely. You don't yeah, puke yeah, it inside. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to smell that. So I guess nobody stepped on that yeah. puke. I don't think. I mean, there's oh, lots of parts of the grass where no one will ever step on good point. throughout a game. Nobody steps behind <laughs> the mound. Nah. Pretty safe. Pretty safe. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't have an answer for this task. Do you got? Do you got one? Someone that does uh, something pretty a, crazy. I mean, I'm always impressed with hula hooping. Mm. Always, uh, any sort of hula hooping. Skeets, remember you? Uh, you were able to jump through a hula hoop. A hula hoop uh, vertical. Uh, you know, when somebody tries, you know, kind of throws it and puts backspin on it, brings it back to them. You know how so it's upright. Yeah. Uh, you were able to go. Directly through one, if you remember. I yeah, mean, that's, that was that's a long a skill. time ago. Yeah, and it was moving. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. that. That's where you you flip the hula hoop and and it spins back, like Tass said. It took me a couple tries though to like cleanly get through it, like a dog jumping through a through a hoop or a mascot jumping through fire. Uh, <laughs> that didn't go so well that one time in that Hornet Spurs game. But yeah, thank you. I'm your answer. Thank you. Yeah, you yeah, that? I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised in gymnastics where we have the floor routine. There's not. I guess I guess there is like some hula hoops like they they use them. Yeah, there's floor exercises maybe, don't they? Yeah, a little I bit. Think. But I, I would, you know, put it around the waist, do some spins. I love a good hula hoop. <laughs> right. Me too. Me too. I don't have one. Your kids have one? No. Oh, interesting. Anybody else? Anybody is Doing some some belly twirls out there. Uh, uh, Sebastian's tried it like you know birthday parties and stuff, but it's hard to get it right. It's hard to get the yeah. sort of you know <laughs> what's the just the motion going. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. too slow. 
Yeah. Uh, I can tell the lady <laughs> way too slow. Ain't yeah. that thing up. Uh, I don't know if we have any current uh, hula hoops. That's one of the things that, like, a hula hoop will just show up at your house. You're like, I guess we have a hula hoop now, and then suddenly it's gone. I've never been able to, I don't know, just the timing of it. It ain't good for me. Yeah, do you go front to back? Are you are you doing circles or what do you do? Yeah, well, that's uh, it's it's the of course it's just getting it going, and then you don't need to move that much. Uh -uh. That's the thing. You just you're letting sort of gravity do the work there, just the the momentum shifting back and forth. Uh, I I can do it or I could do it. I haven't done one in a long time. And you uh, then you see people that can do like ten of them at once. Like at some yeah. weird like concert or festival, you're like, oh, look at her go. She's got a bunch of hula hoops going. <laughs> it's <laughs> mesmerizing if you're on the right stuff, I guess. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I've never tried that. Never tried the neck and stuff like that on the head. I guess I'm on the right stuff because I love it. I've been going to parks recently. <laughs> I see hula hoop groups. They're like, <laughs> hoop groups. they like show up at the park to hula hoop together. And just yeah, sure, throw down their out. stuff and just get it on. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to go buy one. <laughs> I'm going to go buy one just to impress you. Oh, man. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, that was, uh, was probably at least 10 years ago. So it's, it's time, Skeets. It's time. All right. Next yeah, one. Hey, yo. I feel yeah. like I have to share my experience about milk drinking with you guys. Just like Mr. Skeets knew exactly when he had had his most recent glass of milk, so do I. It was a few days after New Year's, and my sister and her friend were drinking glasses of milk. However... There was more than just milk in their glasses. The glasses contained milk and Malibu, an alcoholic M&M. I had to try it, and to my amazement, it tasted great. Except I vomited everywhere. No, I just added that in. He, it tasted great. This might be a well-known concoction, but I had never heard of it. My question, when did two or more substances or people, etc., that seemed completely at odds with each other, join forces to surprise you in a positive way? Keep up the good work. A short-suffering Bulls fan with long-suffering potential, <laughs> Connor in Ireland. Well, I have uh, shared this answer to this question where, you know, you put a bunch of things that seem odd together, but it works. Uh, I've said this before. It's the ultimate stoner snack. For some reason, it came about these three things, these three items that you would never think to put together. And then you try it and it's delicious and it is a graham cracker some brie cheese, and a ketchup chip. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking listening. If you haven't heard me say this before, you're saying, that sounds disgusting. That sounds like I'm going to puke like I'm Tamo. Give it a go. I'm telling you, those flavors, they just work, man. It's incredible. So that's my answer. Those are three really random things, but uh, I, I shout out to our man D for... Uh, for playing an instrumental part in that coming together, I remember. I think Jay was involved, probably a Ken too, but uh, yeah. Graham cracker, brie, and a ketchup chip on top. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you got every flavor, every, you're hitting every flavor note, TK, I'm telling you. Uh, you are, you definitely are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's, the, it's honestly <laughs> the graham cracker that's throwing me off the most. The graham cracker <laughs> base, I feel like that's gonna be Overpower graham cracker <laughs> plus plus brie doesn't make sense to me. Brie plus chip, sure, right? Chip plus cracker, a bit of a hat on a hat if you're asking me. But uh, <laughs> brie with graham cracker, I don't know. I don't try know. it. Hey, everybody, just give it a go, and then come back to me and say you'll come back and thank me and the guys. You'll be like, wow, that's incredible. You guys should market this. You should sell this because it it just market works. It. It's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I 
Yeah, it's, uh, the fourth ingredient, I think, is water. You need water. It sounds a little dry. No, it's not. No, to the, me. Bree, the breeze helping you, man. You get a nice <laughs> breeze right. there. Yeah, it's and that's it. It's the binding agent between the two, right? It's yeah. a nice. I buy it. Yeah. The cock, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Some late night cock with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, give yeah, it a go. Yeah, anyway. People are calling yeah. it the Canadian straight <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got to come up with a name. Yeah, people are asking warm brie or melted brie. Sure. Yeah, I think ours was uh, uh, room temperature, but it probably been sitting out for a while. <laughs> it, seemed, it was gooey, no doubt. <laughs> All right, good luck. Uh, anybody else? Can Did you say um, Ken was potentially involved with the creation of this? Yeah, 100%. Okay, well then, now I'm going to trust it because Ken's involved in my answer. He once convinced me to eat a hot dog in the morning. <laughs> I was like, this sounds ridiculous to me. I, <laughs> I was a bit like JD with Caesars, you know? Right. You got to have a PM on the clock to eat a hot dog. <laughs> but we ate those hot dogs. Why are we eating hot dogs for breakfast every day? It's sure. perfect. It's just an encased meat. It's no different than like having a sausage in the yeah. morning. But uh, you need those people to think outside of the box, think outside of the bun, have a hot dog in the morning. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, that's it, it's a great point. Why don't we, why are we totally fine with a breakfast sausage in the morning? But like you brought up, if I were to if I were to plate you some eggs, some hash browns, and a hot dog, you'd be like, oh, what the uh, hell? Is this a hot? Dog? It's not that much different. Uh, that's a good one. Ken Ken knows this is the same guy yeah. that would keep like a a bucket of KFC under his bed when he was in college. <laughs> now that I I can't recommend. That's probably very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, test test. You got an answer for this? I, I got a stoner answer as well. It's a it's a sweet and salty combination. Okay. It's a tortilla chips dipped in a jar of Nutella. It works. I mean, Nutella is just freaking good. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, if if you're having s'mores, Nutella is the way to go. Get rid of the chocolate and just you know, so you don't have to deal with all the the fire part, or just <laughs> don't have to deal with melting the chocolate part. You know, roast that mallow. Uh, but then throw in a little Nutella. Anyways, I'm just I'm just off of s'mores. I just, it just angers me <laughs> I didn't thinking know you about. You're ever on them. I'm oh, I'm s'mores. always on them, man. Okay. Uh, no, it's just it happens a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of fires around, so I'm s'moring it. Uh, but uh, the graham crackers are just too too dry these days, especially the ones you go in a grocery store. They're just sitting there for years. I feel like they have been sitting there forever. So that's my problem is there's too much cracker. And that's why I was a little bit skeptical of the ketchup chip with a brie and then the graham cracker. Yeah, well, I'm not so, talking. Yeah, we're not we're not building this thing, this stoner snack with like one you would use for a s'more. I mean, that's too much. Yeah. Like go smaller with your graham cracker. Mm. Like uh, these are little mm. like uh, these are beautiful little appetizers that you could serve at a party on a tray. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Walk around. With it. Think small. Think like little yeah. delicious bite sized. Uh, More like some less, not some. Yeah. Less. Yeah. That's uh, good. Yeah. We could roll with that, yeah. too. OK. All right. uh, Lee, do you have anything? Well, sticking with the food theme, uh, remember the No Season Required Tour after the Oakland show? I think Mark Spears was the one who suggested, uh, let's go out for some fried chicken and waffles. Yeah. And and I remember thinking, like... You had never heard of that. Never never heard of it. I thought, he's joking, isn't he? Like, one's late night dinner, one's first thing in the morning for breakfast. And uh, 
Went out, tried it, and got to say, wasn't too bad. Right. Wasn't too bad at all. But uh, thought he was messing around. I thought he was like, yeah, roast chicken and waffles. That's a great combination. Turns out it's a thing. Turns <laughs> out it's not too bad. Roscoe's, right? <laughs> was it? Yeah. Did we yeah. go to Roscoe's? By the train tracks. Yeah, it was right near the train the tracks. It was definitely by that. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't remember if it was an actual Roscoe's, but you're probably right. Yeah. 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 Uh, in Oakland there. Yeah. Okay. Eric Freeman was there. Mm. Chowing. It was late night yes. too. You're right. Yeah, super late night for. Uh, were you concerned it was going to be too heavy for you at that late at night? Uh, I just didn't. No, it wasn't. That it was no, just you more just like. You just never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought waffles is what you wake up to, like pancakes um, <laughs> and fried chicken. Was just like I'm just like I don't know how those two go uh, together hold on, with hold maple on, hold syrup. Hold on, I got an idea. What about a little hot dog on your waffle? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? How about this hot dog wrapped inside of a pancake? The breakfast, uh, what's that called? What's that, what is it called when you put a... Pig in a blanket? Pig in yeah. a blanket. Yeah, yeah. Dog in a pancake? Dog in a pancake in the morning. Dog in a cake. All right, there's some uh, great, uh, you know, again, stoner stacks for you, all of you out there. Yeah, okay, you want to have a successful dinner party. Serve all these hors d'oeuvres to your, <laughs> to your guests. See what they say. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adrian, Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
few more questions here before we wrap this up. Uh, what's up, layup lovers? Who is your favorite player that had an amazing two to three year stretch and then just fell off? Maybe it was due to injury or maybe they just stopped being as effective. My mind instantly goes to Gilbert Arenas. And as a Bulls fan, Ben Gordon had a stretch where he could score on anybody. Interested to hear who comes to mind for you guys. Thanks. That's from Adam in Nashville. Maybe he's a Predators fan, Lee. Um, but Tess, uh, you answer this one first. Uh, a favorite player that just was like awesome for a two to three year window. In Nashville, I'm sticking in Tennessee with this news about Penny Hardaway sticking to uh, stay in Memphis and coach there after flirting a little bit with the Orlando Magic and their head coaching position. I'm going with Penny back in the 90s. It's a little bit of a cheat because obviously he fell off because of injuries. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little like uh, Grant Hill, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, But Penny obviously was so, 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 so good. And he could have been uh, Magic with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Pun intended. Uh, The first injury slowed him down. He was 27 and four, and then he came back and then he was still good. You know, he's still around like 16, 17 points a game. And then the second injury slowed him even down more. And then he was just sort of a a role player after that. He's a little Sean Livingston-esque after that, but damn, Um, he was phenomenal to watch. You know, it's not, it's not a Gilbert Arenas, which is a really good one where he was on top of the league and then just kind of flamed out. Injuries stopped Gil too, but uh, Penny was... Yeah, he's just more special than anything. Uh, what do you got, Trey? Uh, I actually love the mention of Ben Gordon. I think that's a solid one. Aaron Brooks is another guy to me that is a strange one to look back at his career. He was 2010 most improved player, averaged like 19.9 points per game. Not bad. He was the sixth player in NBA history to make over 200 threes, over 400 assists in a single season. He did it before Steph Curry. But Aaron Brooks was just kind of a little guy, so his career didn't last for a super long time. Kind of moved into the super sixth man role eventually, but Aaron Brooks was like an early Rockets guy that they kind of just cut loose and say, run a ton of pick and rolls, shoot the ball a lot. It worked out for Aaron Brooks. Maybe it was a bit of a proof of concept to say, hey, we're going to become a pick and roll team here in the future. Eventually, they got James Harden. We know the rest of that story. Mm-hmm. Lee? Mine's probably just a touch more than that. It's the four to five years, uh, but it's a guy who I know Trey loves and I love as well. It's Joakim Noah, really. I mean, he had five seasons there where he was really good, made the All-Star game twice, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, finished fourth in MVP voting in one season. That's just how good he was. But then uh, it pretty quickly fell off, actually, after that second All-Star game. He was only 28, and then... um, you know, he really tailed off after that, dropped his um, average to below 10 points a game. And obviously then he was trade or didn't trade. He was uh, signed as a free agent by the Knicks. That certainly didn't work out. Had a cup of coffee with the Grizzlies last year and then the uh, Clippers. But, um, you know, he, he for a couple of years there, he was a really, really good player. But really, it was just a, a four or five year window that he was uh, really good. These first couple of seasons, he wasn't all that special. He was okay, but... Uh, you know, he then sort of found a way to be effective without having uh, the prettiest shot in the world. Came really good, but then kind of just drifted off, unfortunately. So uh, I'm going to go with Noah. Okay. I got really into basketball in the mid-90s. A big part of it was playing fantasy basketball, again, with my buddy Ken uh, way back in the day. Just, you know, going into high school and doing it ourselves. This was like sort of pre-internet, pre-Yahoo Sports and ESPN and all that. You had to do it manually. And I just remember two players that were like really good bigs for like a three to four year window, like right at that time, were one, Vin Baker, 
who was like an all-star for like three or four years. I think four years he made it in a row. Mm. Uh, three with Milwaukee, and I think one with Seattle. He was awesome, especially as a fantasy player, because he gave you like a steal and a block, too, and he was like a 2010 guy. And then another guy who I just checked, and I was like, what? He only played four years in the NBA? Uh, Dino Raja. Oh, uh, nice. For the wow. Celtics, yeah, and never made an All Star game, but like flirted with twenty points per game and was like a you know halfway decent sort of a late round fantasy pick. So he only played like again four years, I think it is uh, for for the Celtics. There, he came over later. He's Croatian. He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Maybe Bill Simmons is onto something. That's because of course because of his international play. But yeah, those two guys, Dino Raja. And Vin Baker. And, and I know Vin, like, of course, like, he struggled with alcohol and all that uh, later in life. But he was awesome at the start of his career. Mm-hmm. So those are my two guys. Great stuff. Uh, last email here, guys. No Funks Crew. I have been a longtime fan and have always looked for opportunities to recommend you to fellow basketball sickos. I work for a health system in Southern California, and our CEO and I are big Clippers fans. I have told him about the podcast many times but he still hadn't checked you out until today. We were driving to a meeting, and I turned the volume up because you were playing in the background. I gave a confident, you will love these guys, and was excited (laughs) for him to hear your show. Uh After five minutes, he slowly turned his head towards me and gave me a what the hell are we listening to glance of confusion. I told him you guys don't usually spend seven minutes debating who the most handsome trade was of all time, <laughs> debating between Kemba Walker and Al Horford or Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre, but it was of no use. My stamp of approval was rendered useless. When was the time you tried hyping something up only to be left looking like an idiot? P.S. We did turn it back on later, and he ended up enjoying the show. Hey, nice. nice. Deuces. Steven. Thanks for sending that in, Steven. Thanks for the reco. Yeah. Steven, really appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry we let you down there for seven minutes uh, talking about handsome guys in NBA history. But let's be honest, that's sort of the show, too. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of that, as you can just tell from the last hour of this Beach Steppin' podcast. But this is great timing with this question, Tass. Um, I think I maybe slipped this answer in at some point during the last couple of weeks. But Trey and I sort of made a surprise appearance on the club Top Shot uh, live stream, their own podcast. Uh, they're in the Top Shot world, and they have a lot of fun, those guys, Pete and them, and Jack. And we've been debating or going back and forth, like some little friendly banter of like, oh, we should play a game against each other, right? And they were talking a little trash, so Trey and I jumped on. Again, we surprised, and we're like, ah, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, we'll try and make this happen. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, for us in Vegas this year, but we'll get to it one day. But... I'm talking up our team, our squad, you know, Lee Ellis, he's a sharpshooter. You know, he's an incredible three-point shooter. This guy's lights out. He's worked with Steph Curry, Kyle Korver. And like while I'm saying all of this, Pete is like searching, because it's a live stream, like on the internet, and he's like, okay, he's typing in Lee Ellis, three-point shot, and he pulls up a clip and he's like, Well, is this him? And we're like, Yeah, that's him. Yeah, here we go. And then it starts playing, and at first I'm like, oh yes, yeah, look at this guy. Cash, Two cash, and, and then it really quickly goes downhill <laughs> to the point where I was like, oh, my God, I don't remember this one. Like, this was really badly. So I'm like, again, had just been talking you up for 10 mm. minutes, and then he's playing this clip, and everybody's, like, probably going, like, what the hell is Skeet smoking? Like, this guy stinks. Like, E-Dog? Like, what the, what the hell is he wearing? He's not even shooting an NBA 3. Like, uh, Yo, uh, air ooh. ball, that one. Anyway, yeah. so... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look yeah. good there, and and yeah, I, I I literally had to do the whole thing where I was like, 
uh, just just look at any other Lee Ellis three point <laughs> video because <laughs> they're all better than yeah, this. Yeah, not this one. Not this yeah. one. But anyway, blame oh, it on the bar slaves, three. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pre-bar three days. That was it. That's when I uh, I, I realized. Oh, man, I, this I've is got to get really... on bar three. Yeah. God, look how slow it is, too. Like, come on, man. JD, did you slow this down on purpose or what? <laughs> so, Lee, just for those, I mean, for yeah. those listening, we are showing a clip from 2000, I think, 14. Yeah, it was the first season, yeah. Uh, first try Super at dumb. the three-point contest. Is that right, Lee? Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, yeah. Didn't, it didn't go well. That last Ooh. one dropped, but... Uh, Seven? Yeah. Is that what it said? Seven, eight? Yeah, I think it? I think that was a generous seven two, to be honest. I think it was uh, I think it was oh. closer to six. Uh, anyway, you yeah. got better. That was the best part. Yeah. How better. do you feel about this comment from Corm on the stream team saying weird twist on the shot back Ooh. then, not a beautiful shooter of the basketball. No. Ouch. No. Looked like no. you had to That's... put a little extra oomph into it. Maybe not as yeah. confident. I, I mean, honestly, like that was uh, looking at that now, I'm like, wow, the core strength just was not there. <laughs> it was just all, I was all arms. All I arms. was all arms. And, uh, that's why a lot of them were just short and wide and off. I mean, there was just there was no. It was just all flinging the ball with your arms. That's not the way to shoot. So and, and again, that was that was not even an NBA three point yeah, line, which you ultimately did shoot most yeah. of them. Maybe the rest of them every time. Uh, the, the second year, year in New York was still. Uh, college line. not nba anyway yeah, yeah college or high school whatever it was but because uh, i had forgotten in pulling that clip matt bonner is on that show oh, yeah. and we're like we have him and we're asking him, like what do you think he's gonna do like yeah. and, he, and he's actually asking he's like nba three and we're like yeah 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 like i think tass and i are like yeah because that was supposed to be what you were shooting it from and then this starts playing and then somebody's like this isn't even an nba three and everybody's <laughs> yeah. getting on you oh yeah. yeah got dark real quick but uh, good stuff yeah yeah you got better matt bonner yeah. Matt Bonner's a wolf, man. I think he had a wolf on <laughs> he his had shirt. A wolf shirt. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. What a shirt! What a shirt that was. Uh, <laughs> so that—that's my answer. Yeah, with the club top shot guys uh, talking you up, and then that clip playing in the background while I'm literally Why saying is this that is the, the first one that pops up. Well, Surely it should be the Steph Curry one. Yeah, right? I don't know. Mr. Don't Google's know. got it in for me. All right. Yeah, we'll have to ask Jeeves. <laughs> Um, what do you, not Jeeves, the guy we play basketball with, the Jeeves uh, guy that runs the internet. Trey, uh, yeah. do you have an answer? Oh, I'm going to look like an idiot pretty soon here because I really want to get a pair of Hirachi sandals, which are kind of like, uh, for better, for lack of a better term, like old man strappy sandals. But <laughs> I'm looking for something that's like, you need a breathable breathable shoe here in Atlanta as it's getting warmer and warmer. You don't want a sweaty foot, which we've talked about many, many times in many an ad read. Um, so I'm looking for something breezy. I want it to be... I want it to be more breathable than a Birkenstock Boston mule, uh, you know, that I that I wear a lot, that I say it makes my foot look, a, look like a bean. Uh, your foot gets very sweaty in those. I also like to wear a loafer in the summer. Your foot gets very sweaty in those, so I need something with air intake ducts. <laughs> and that will be the Hirachi leather sandal. It's going to keep my feet cool, but I know as soon as I put it on, I'm going to look like a 60-year-old man going to a barbecue. <laughs> like, I think they will probably ship with a pair of gigantic jean shorts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I know I'm going to pull the trigger out of eventually. Uh, I'm looking forward to people clowning me for them, but my feet are going to be feeling very cool and classy over the summer. I like uh, this from Sophie. You know, leather, classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I can't just get like a pair. Like people here are saying, get some Crocs. Come on, dog. You don't think I have Crocs? I can't wear Crocs 
to, you know, my kid's first day of school. I could, but I'm not gonna. I right. want to step the game up a little bit here. People are saying get Tevas. I'm looking for the classy one. I've got all of the, like, the casual stuff handled. I need something that kind of splits the difference between chilling and looking like a straight-up G with the drip. Right, right. Okay. Is a Hirachi sandal the answer there? I'm not convinced, but there's only one way to find out. How much do these go for? Uh, you can find them from any sort of price range. We're talking oh. like there's some decent ones recommended for 50 bucks. Yeah, there oh, yeah, we go. We I don't know. I, I would be happy to spend around 100 bucks. I'm thinking about getting some that don't even have a heel on them. I don't know. That might be a little <laughs> bit too laid back. We'll see. Okay. I can't wait. I mean, I see you wearing these no problem oh, yeah. personally. Like this, this feels like a Trey Kirby sandal. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. My, but who knows? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not convinced they're going to they're gonna like solve your problem of avoiding sweaty feet. Just because there's Same. a lot of holes in those doesn't mean uh, the bottom <laughs> is going to be pretty sweaty and it is leather. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I can't see. wait to find out. Yeah. Right, I, you're going to look good, man. You're, I think you'll look good. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have the drip. Oh, As in sweaty, sweaty. Oh, coming no. from your feet. Uh-oh. I don't want that. No, I, no, I don't look good. Those, those will look good. Double drip. Get them. Uh, Double drip. Tass, do you, do you uh, have an answer for a time you tried hyping something up only to be left looking like a fool? Well, I'm definitely susceptible to advertising and marketing. And uh, since my man Blake Shelton started advertising his uh, his new lemonade line, I said, I got to try it. Got to try it. I think I got it in a, a promoted twit. And uh, I wa- watched the whole video of Blake Shelton going into a cooler and pulling out a lemonade. And, and you know, I'm into the seltzer, the seltzer game. Um, but I, I, like, I like the ones that taste good. And uh, the Blake Shelton one, he got me. He got me. I, I just, I can't get into his, uh, his Smithworks lemonade line. His lime lemonade, southern peach. Not for me. Not for me, Blake. But uh, thank you for the advertising. Uh, so I hyped it up to my uh, to my wife. I said, "Yeah, you can you can dig this." Like I hadn't tried it yet, but uh, I had hyped it up. I thought, you know, I'll make this purchase, and nobody liked it, unfortunately. I mean, some of them are better than others. Some of them are better than others, but uh, nope. I'm more of a uh, a cut water guy. Man, those that stuff is good. I, I am fine advertising that for free. Cut water. Amazing. You guys talk well, there's the Smithworks. I don't know there's why Blake. this is killing me. Just the concept of you seeing this photo, you're like, yep, I'm gonna try this for Blake Shelton. Give Thanks for go. pulling that up, Judy. Um Blake Shelton, oh. I just believed in him. I just believed that he would make a southern drink well, that's, uh, that would that's be perfect it. for exactly. the summer. That man looks like no one looks more southern yeah. than this guy. And yeah. I, that's where they've tricked you, yeah. Yeah, total trick job. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, they're fine they're fine. They can compete with other hard seltzers, there's no doubt. <laughs> but if you want to get into the cut water game, the the line that they have, an award winning <laughs> line of stuff, vodka mixed drinks, they have a bloody mary drink, JD, that you would drink before or what's your rule? I don't he even doesn't, know. He doesn't want to drink uh, after 3 p.m. or something like that. Yeah. Well, after. originally it was like noon. noon no Caesars yeah. or Bloody Marys before noon. But, before uh-huh. noon? What are you talking about? That's what Yeah, before there. noon. That's right, Skeets. Before noon, it's a breakfast drink. Yeah. Oh, oh so, so you're saying you can't have it after that. Yeah. You can't have it. Before, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> I got distracted. We're agreeing. You are saying you should only have it in the morning as a That's breakfast right. drink. Or Absolutely. I was saying, uh, no, enjoy a Bloody Caesar or a, or a Bloody Mary any time of the day. Well, I've mellowed in my old age, but after 5 p.m. is absolutely, I will never 
waver from that. If you cannot, yeah, okay. if if the sun is still high in the sky, no, you can't. Uh, yes, you have a. You, if it's bull, if it starts getting like dusky, no, it, it, you can't do it. It's I rem- unacceptable. I remember a guy used to show up at parties and make Caesars. Yeah, like at a nine o'clock party. <laughs> Are you eating celery at 9 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> these do look pretty good, though. These are, these are, this is a good line. No doubt. That's a good right. line. These guys know their stuff. Yep. Are, there's a vodka cucumber that tastes sublime. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, it's all about your tongue. Uh, but yeah, some that tastes really, really good. The Bloody Mary, that's a good one. Yeah. It's spicier uh, than I thought it would be, too. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Cutwater. Um, <laughs> for not sponsoring this podcast, <laughs> they should be taking us. Uh, oh, don't worry, Nick. Uh, Nick Freeman's going to send uh, send this clip to uh, Cutwater, so you never know. We might get some free drinks out of it. But okay. Skeeta, what did you serve me the other day when I was over here? Oh, place? I was just going to bring that up. Y'all were talking about all these like uh, what do you what do you call these type of drinks? Like, what do you like hard, hard seltzers? seltzers? Yeah. Hard seltzer. Yeah. Uh, we stumbled upon one called Long Drink. Hey, to bring it back to the finish. It's a finished <laughs> drink. Yeah, Lee, you maybe uh, know about this. Uh, yeah, it's called Long Drink. And uh, you know, it's the same idea of a lot of these. They're, they're flavored, but they're tasty, tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you liked it, JD. You were oh, a fan. Oh, loved it. Loved yeah. it. Dangerous, yeah. though. Dude, go, oh. They go down a little too easy. A little too smooth, no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But check them out. Long Drink, if you're of age. And uh, then we can send this clip, Nick. Uh, <laughs> send this to Long Drink. Uh, a minute prior, send that to Cutwater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just cut water it up and send it to every single. <laughs> but, uh, how do you guys feel about me pulling them out of my fridge? Is that too much? Is that going too far? Is that being a little too uh, over the top and brandy? Well, it might help just, our chances just of really... getting some free ones. I say, I'm grab not one. going. Oh. I'm not going. Uh, no. Lee, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, I don't think we got your answer to this question. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, when I used to watch The Voice, uh, one time it was Christina, CeeLo, Blake Shelton, uh, actually, and Adam. <laughs> and they did uh, they did a version. They did this a version of... This around um, the chair with one of these drinks. <laughs> they did a version of Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me, and I watched it live, and I was like, oh, my God, that was awesome. And I hyped it up, hyped it up, and I said, you guys have got to check this out next. I think we were still in Toronto. And, uh, and I pulled it up on my computer, and as I was watching, I was like, oh, my God, I don't remember it being this bad. You know, but uh, you guys, I think JD especially was kind of like, that was good? You thought that was good? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I got caught up in the moment I thought it was good, but watching it back, it was like, wasn't all that flash, you know? So uh... The most famous example of you hyping something oh. up was at, uh, was it? Bar Deuce, Club Deuce, whatever it is in Miami. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, dire Straits. And, uh, yeah. Dire Straits. This obscure song. Well, obscure for me, but. Your latest trick. It's a great song. Oh, man. You were hyping it up. He's like, just wait. Just wait. It's going to break. This is just after yeah. Matt had brought the house down singing Bad Out of yeah. Hell. Bad Out of Hell, he's saying. And it's, oh, wait, 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 guys. I got even something better. It's going to top that. Oh, it's my really God. It's, it's like a fucking dirge all of a sudden. Like, it's just like, right, what right. is this? He's waiting for it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, here comes the sax. Here comes the sax. It's like, oh, my God. It was it was like the worst song you could have picked on the jukebox. I was, was going to say it was like 
when Matt did Bad Out of Hell Meatloaf, he was Vince Carter in the dunk contest, and yeah. Lee was Jerry Stackhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, he's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, Jerry. Uh, hey, it's a chill here. song. It's a chill song. But yeah, I missed fight on that one. But, uh, yeah, well, you know. for it. Uh, that song is called <laughs> Wait For It, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I've waiting 10 years. Uh, the other answer to this, uh, you know, hyping something up, I actually thought you were going to go there, JD, was uh, Lee when he was talking up his gravy game for Ooh, Thanksgiving yeah. at Tass's old house. And then he's like, I got the gravy. Yeah. I got the gravy. Guys, I'll nail the gravy. We're like, yeah. all right, this guy's very confident in his gravy. And uh, that one that one didn't go so well either. Nah, nah, misfired on that one too. That's all right. That's all right. You know? well, but to be fair to Lee, like the you f- up the gravy like it wasn't that's not how it was supposed to be right like no or was no, it was, true, true. Uh, yeah I, I don't know i don't know what was happening there the flour was making it a bit too thick too yeah. much water and just kept getting thicker and thicker and i'm like at what point do i have to pull the pin here and admit defeat because i was just kept pouring it just kept getting bigger and bigger because <laughs> 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 i was the gravy i was really like why is it doing this there's something there's something wrong here with tassa's you know oven or, or his flour i don't know maybe he's giving me self-raising flour or something instead i'm not sure <laughs> I was looking for outs, couldn't find any. So I just had to swallow my pride in the end and uh, have some gravy soup, that, which is what I should have said the whole time. No, no, this is how we have it in Australia. It's really oh, thick. Oh, yeah, you know, and that would have been You dip out. your bread into it yeah. and everything. It's super normal in Australia, this <laughs> shitty gravy. We serve this at every meal. Yeah, Of course uh, you need a knife and fork to eat it. <laughs> what do you guys do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's call it there. Fun episode of Beach Step In. Keep your questions coming, NBA questions and non-NBA questions alike. Uh, no dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. You can leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hello. Join us tomorrow, Thursday morning, I believe. Yes, that's right, for the Daily Show at 10 a.m. Eastern Live, Game 6 between the Clippers and Suns tonight. And I'm sure we'll talk about some other NBA news. Oh, we got another Canada game on tonight. I'm sure some of you on the, on, on the show will be very happy to hear me talk about that for five minutes. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Live. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. What are you laughing about there, J.D.? You got something good you're going to show I'm us? Just, I'm enjoying, I, I was enjoying the gravy talk. That's okay. <laughs> it's all gravy. Okay, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, one time we asked Russell Westbrook whether he was a cat or a dog. He said, a dog. I said, what kind of dog? He said, a wolf. (laughs) But the real wolf is Matt Bonner. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs) You could stay.